I'm Bridget Trung. And I'm Tom Yanni. On today's episode, we're talking sales. We break down some do's and don'ts to sell your personal brand and services effectively. Because as Zig Ziglar puts it, if you don't see yourself as a winner, you can't perform as a winner. Go Zig! This truly is how to sell and pitch your personal brand. that you're drinking your McDonald's coffee in a mug. You are a class act, Yachty. So a few episodes ago, the idea of talking about sales, how to sell yourself effectively, which we kind of do unknowingly every single day anyways, uh, but we thought that would be a really good idea to explore. Yeah, for sure. We were talking about sort of the creators and agency angles and how these creator deals come together and in general that sort of leads to sales because ultimately you got to find a way to pitch you got to find a way to get business and then even putting aside sort of the creator angle just generally in life sales is something that comes up a lot as sort of a dirty word that oftentimes people think it's like ah i'm uncomfortable with that i can't do that a lot of people say i can't sell i can't do that it's like well really you just sold your boyfriend on where to go to dinner tonight you just sold your friends on what to do this weekend you just sold a coworker on an idea that you had you just sold your parents on your next vacation spot right mm -hmm. like transactions are taking place every day all the time different things that are happening and decisions are made that's sales now people just once it gets into kind of the context of business they get really uncomfortable with the idea and I think it's more of a mental thing. The common denominator between everything that you just mentioned is a passion, an interest in something. You can naturally talk about it in a positive, convincing way when you're really into an idea. So what do you think is the primary challenge that people have when it comes to sales? Um, okay, this is based on my own experience. I think one of the challenges would be the idea that you're imposing something on someone. So if you're trying to impose it on somebody, then you're, you might not be approaching the right person because one of the first rules of sales would be you only um, are solving a problem for somebody that is in market, that is interested in what you're offering. If they're not in market for your service, then you're not talking to the right person. So you would never be imposing on somebody that is legitimately interested in what you're doing. You're solving a problem for that individual. Ah, good yeah. way of putting it. Okay, so let's let's actually uh, go off on that. Give me an example. I have this McDonald's coffee. This episode is not sponsored by McDonald's, by the way. <laughs> um, but this McDonald's coffee, I want to sell it to somebody. It's new on the market. I really enjoy it. Who do I talk to? So the first thing is... Um, so you want to sell this coffee this to somebody coffee. like this we're going to go out to the street and We're going to find somebody to sell it to yeah, but somebody like you need you to said. find a coffee drinker is what I'm saying So if you go up to somebody that is a tea drinker or doesn't like caffeine or doesn't drink coffee first thing in the morning And it's seven whatever this morning or eight Then they're not in market. They're not somebody that is interested in that product And so now you are imposing now you are trying to sell somebody something they don't want and I think this is where it gets into um, you know, oftentimes when you think of bad sales or bad salespeople or pressure sales, it's you always hear like the used car salesman or the door to door mm -hmm. salesman, these types of things. And it's because in that context, that person is typically pressuring you, trying to get you to do or buy something that you don't really want. And it makes that person feel uncomfortable. Like, 
I don't really want this, but they were really pressuring me into it. And that is when sales goes wrong because now you are imposing, now you are pressuring and influencing somebody to do something they don't want. But if I say to you, my God, I'm dying for a coffee right now. And you go, huh, how about that? I just happen to have one right here. Mm-hmm. You got two bucks? Sure. Boom. I'm happy. You're happy. Transaction made. You just solved my problem. Perfect. Or in the, um, like when we're talking about a car salesman, if somebody comes to you and they're early in their buying process, they don't really know what they want yet. They really haven't thought it through too much. And somebody is like, this is the car for you. You really need this because it has this, the, 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 that's when somebody might be like, ah, I feel a little bit pressured right now versus somebody saying, all right, well, talk to me about your life circumstances. What type of car would, would suit your lifestyle? Do you have any kids? Do you, have, you do. Okay. How many do you have? Uh, what do you do with your family? Do you go out a lot? Do you stay in like camping trips or mm-hmm. sports or anything? Okay. So it sounds like you need a car that has this, 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 and this. Does that sound about right? And they might say, yeah, for sure. That's what we're looking for. They might go, ah, not exactly. So listening would be the number one thing because if somebody feels heard and they feel like, um, what's important to them is being conveyed, then you can solve that problem. But sales is applicable every single day for every single person. And <clears throat> I kind of want to start things off by talking about selling yourself at any age. Um, Tom, for you, I mean, you do it so well. I remember the first time I met you at Humber College in journalism school. You were just a natural at connecting with people. You're really Sorry, relatable. Yeah. Thank you so much. But this is about you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you were super relatable. You asked questions. And um, I think I saw a pretty strong interest right off the bat from you in sports and sports broadcasting. And you just started talking about it, even though we were all new to the space. Um, but how do you go about just really making that first impression that'll go a long way? Long enough where that people will continue, will want to continue to get to know you. Oh man, that's uh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I feel like you would know the answer to that just as good as I would. I mean, okay, you go you... first, and then maybe I'll give my two cents. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that uh, humans have uh, like an innate ability to pick up on nonverbal cues, right? So they always say ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. It's your body language. It's your posture. It is where your eyes are looking. It is um, the tone of your voice. It is how high or low your voice is. There's all of these different cues that we pick up on that have nothing to do with the words that you say. So the way that you're carrying yourself, how excited you are in your voice or how, uh, how sort of slower and deliberate your voice might be. That is a Why cue, you blinking? right? Right? So, <laughs> that's weird. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. So... People will make judgments just based on what they see and hear without even, um, without even listening to the words that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing, being aware of the vibe that you're putting out and being aware of the nonverbal cues because people might not be consciously picking up on it, but they are subconsciously picking up on it and it will form their opinion on who you are. So you gotta be aware of that. I guess the next thing is just as you get older in life, part of the goal is to become more and more comfortable in your own skin, right? Like that's what, what growing up is all about, understanding yourself, understanding 
what you care about, what you stand for, and um, being comfortable as yourself. And people pick up on that too. If you just have, you know, a relatively good sense of self-worth and um, confidence, then you're relaxed and you're easy. And people will recognize that and it will make them easy because people will match and mirror what they see. If I'm with you and you look engaged and you look like you're having fun, it makes it easier for me to feel the same way. If I'm looking at you and you're, there's a bit of tension and maybe some anxiousness and maybe a discomfort, then I know it's, I'm not quite getting through as well. So, um, yeah, you pick yeah, up that energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. I was actually going to mention that too. Just that self-awareness, I think is always where it starts. Um, and then really assessing contextually where you are and who you're with is important as well. But one of the things I've learned is um, the best way to connect with people off the bat is getting to know them. So going back to what you said, asking questions. Because by asking questions, you can almost always find at least one common thread. At least one common thread. So it's something that you have in common with that person that you're talking to. And then once you feel a connection, both parties feel more comfortable with talking about something else and moving that conversation forward. For sure. And if you're asking questions about them, then that shows that person that you care about them. Exactly. And if you care about them, then they're going to be more willing to open up and more willing to ask you about yourself. And then both people let their guards down and it makes it easier to have that type of connection. People get into trouble too is when they're just... It's a one-way conversation. If they're just talking about themselves the whole time, it makes it difficult for the other person to, to kind of like connect. Social skills are just really, I think, hard to acquire these days. Good social skills. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I guess like technology doesn't really help at all. Like no. we grew up in an age where we didn't have technology. Like we had computers that we dabbled in. But we didn't have social media until... In high school. Yeah, until maybe yeah. The, the latter half of high school. And then that became the norm. But I, we were the first generation to experience Yeah, childhood. it's a really interesting... It is. Actually, being at that sort of cross-section. So we remember the time, like, what it was like to not have the t- that technology and to actually, like, hang out with your peers and get to know people in person and ask those weird questions. But um, <clears throat> several years ago, I worked with this really nice guy and he was very, very shy, super introverted. And he came up to me one day um, and he said, hey Bridget, do you mind if I like take you out for coffee one day and just ask you some questions? And I'm like, sure. Like it just sounded really vague, but I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like we have had like some great conversations here and there. So this is, this is gonna be good. So we get together and he was super transparent. It took a lot of courage on his behalf to say, I have terrible people skills. I want to find a girlfriend very soon. I want to be happy. I want to be social. I want to be in an environment where people are just talking to each other, having fun. Those simple, simple things, but I can't do it. And he's like, you're very chatty. You're very outgoing. How do you just go up and talk to somebody? That was like a loaded question in my mind. How do you just go up and talk to somebody? Well, there are many different ways, but I've never actually thought at that point, I'd never actually thought about it, but it can actually be really nerve wracking for a lot of people to just break that ice. Um, and they don't think about the, they might not think about the impression 
that person is going to make on them, but they're think all they're thinking about is how are these people going to perceive me? Yeah. And that's what's stopping them from putting themselves out there in any way. Yeah. So why do you think that guy came to you? What was uh, the trigger there? It, you know, I didn't ask. I assume it was just some kind of breaking point where he didn't want to continue living the social life that he was living in. Um, but I think he eventually got out of his shell. I actually went to a speed dating event with him no as way. his wingman. Wow. I hated it, but he, <laughs> but he had a great time. I've never been to one and oh it's too late God. for me now, but I would have <laughs> yes. loved to. I it's, feel like I would have been in my element. I don't, I've only been to one. That was the only time and it was the last one for me. But um, it's exactly what you think it would be. You don't know anyone in the room. That's you get hilarious. you get I think ten or fifteen minutes per person. That's a long time. It is a long I time. Feel like five minutes would be sufficient. And then you have to wear a name. Oh, I'm sorry, a uh, a name tag, and you have a number. Yeah, we had a number and name tag, like as if it was a marathon. Well, I guess it was a marathon. Hmm. Um, his whole thing was he couldn't actually approach anyone, not just women, but anyone, without feeling that level of anxiety of what are they going to think of me. Yeah. So actually, that is. That was a perfect, you just teed up perfectly my answer to the question we were talking about earlier, which was um, what stops people from selling or what, what makes people fearful. I think it's fear of rejection. It, yes. It's fear Nailed of rejection. It. Mm. And so whether it is sitting down with a stranger and being worried that they're just not going to pick up on your vibe or that they're not going to like you, or if it's in business and you're worried about making a call to somebody who's going to be like, nah, I'm not interested at all. See it and don't call again. Ooh, and you just, yeah. you know, a lot of people can just be sort of crippled by that. But the reality is, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't. It's hard to, I, I know it's easy to say that. It's very easy to be like, it doesn't really matter, man. Who In the cares? moment it does though, Tom. Sometimes it stings. Yeah, no, I understand. I think like the goal though, um, is to get to a place where the, okay, so you don't know... You don't know what contributes to that person not being interested in that moment. It could be that they just had a fight that morning and they're in a bad mood and they're just like, get out of here. And you're like, oh, but it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with what you were doing there. They just, they were not in a good mood that day. Or maybe you caught somebody, like I said earlier, that wasn't um, in market or they weren't particularly interested in what you're, okay, swing and a miss, on to the next one. Or... Um, you know, there's, there's so many different variables that come into that and there's so many different reasons why it might not work out. But if every single time somebody says no or you, you don't get the desired outcome, you quit, boy, it's going to be tough to, to really build some momentum in your life, right? Like a willingness to step up to the plate and strike out is big. Exactly. And a willingness to strike out and then keep coming back up to the plate is even bigger because life is not going to um, just give you what you want. So let's say there's two spots uh, on a team or there's two spots in a company available and there's five people going for it. Well, all five want it. Not all five can get it. Somebody's going to lose. But it doesn't mean that just because you lose, you never try again. You got to keep going. You got to just keep pushing forward. Yeah. It's hard though. Rejection sucks. When was the last time you got to know? All the time. <laughs> you are, all the time. You are in the business of sales. So yeah. yeah. I'm at a point where I'm unfazed yeah. by that. It just, 
I got. It doesn't matter. Whatsoever. You know what I get a lot? Silence. The silent treatment. Yeah. Which is essentially a no. But that's worse to me than a hard no. I want you to tell me, no, I'm not interested. Because there's no closure. There's no closure. And it's not like an ex-boyfriend who I can chase down <laughs> like obnoxiously and bang on his door and tell me why. <laughs> can't do that. Um, but yeah, the last time I got a like silent treatment was three weeks ago. There's been plenty of different circumstances in my professional life where I reach out to someone or to a business and they're not interested right now. Maybe I don't hear a thing. Or maybe they just say no. But then six months later, 12 months later, two years later, they come back around and say, hey, are you still doing this kind of work? Are you still doing this? Ah, interesting, because we, we just had a meeting about this internally and we're, we're actually a little bit interested in investigating what, where this might lead or, um, or we just saw what you guys did in this other campaign and is that something that you might be able to replicate for us? It doesn't always happen on the spot. Very good Timing point. is everything in sales too. Yep. Again, somebody might not be in market right now. They might be in market six months from now or two years from now. And so if you don't catch them at the right time, it's not going to work. You never know when that person you reached out to might come back around. Their priorities might not be in the same place as yours in that moment. But again, six months from now or a year, a year and a half from now, they might be looking for what you're doing and they'll remember that email. They'll remember that conversation and they'll circle back to you at that time but again like timing is everything with sales the person needs to be in market you need to be an expert in what you're offering and you need to be able to convey that to them so that they can build you know a level of trust or certainty that they're making a good decision because everybody has these inhibitors in their mind you have <laughs> you run through a talk track the moment you're about to buy something so think what was the last like major purchase you made mm. Something of, let's say, a couple hundred dollars or more. Uh, two weeks ago. What was the, the, the product or the whatever? Um, sunglasses. Okay, so you go to buy sunglasses, and the first thing you got to do is you're evaluating the different options, right? Which brand, what shape of the actual lens, uh, what kind of frame do I want, and all of this. So then you get down to the point where, okay, I have an idea of which one I want, but do I want to spend this much money on it? It's, right? It always goes back to the money hang-up. Especially with a product like that. Oh, yeah. And, and many I sit on my too. glasses a yeah. lot. <laughs> so then what do you do in that moment? You like you start justifying it in your mind, and you play both sides of the fence, weighing the pros and cons. On one hand, you're like, do I really need this? Yeah, I think I, I kind of do. Do I need to spend this much money on it? Mm, I don't know. How long will I wear this? Or you know, how long will I have these for? Am I going to lose them? If I lose them, would it be worth You start... You, you play a movie in your mind, right? Now, some people spend all the time some people like to buy some people are always interested in um yeah making purchases and those people have a talk track that's like yeah buy that for sure and then there's other people that are on the other end of the spectrum where they do not like buying things or they're always you know they're very cost conscious or they're very careful about the decisions they make and in their mind they're like ah I don't know if I really need to spend that much on a pair of sunglasses. I could probably get them for less. Or I don't know how much I'll wear these anyways. Or I already have a bunch of sunglasses. Do I really need another pair? So if you are in the business of sales, your goal would be, number one, again, to find out if that person is in market for the product that you do have. And number two, if they are, to understand the different inhibitors in their mind that are preventing them from getting over that hurdle and stopping them from actually following through. 
You remember Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street? Of course. So he has something called the straight line sales theory and his whole approach, it's actually a fairly nuanced, so I'm, I'm kind of distilling it down here, but one of the things that he said is that the conversation must remain in a straight line, meaning that as soon as you start talking, having a commonality in general is not the key towards sales. He would say, if you're like, oh, you have a family? Um, what does your daughter do? She plays soccer. Oh, my daughter plays soccer too. He would say, you've already made a mistake. Just because you've, you think you've developed a bond over the fact that your kids play soccer, you're actually moving towards a completely different direction from the focus of where you're looking to get. So he had this sort of straight line where you're trying to walk this person down a certain path once they're in market. If they're in market, you're trying to play out a certain scenario for them. And when he was dealing with somebody, <coughs> when he was dealing with somebody that played um, the movie in their own mind of why they shouldn't do that, he would counteract it by playing the opposite. And what I mean there is, if he was dealing with somebody that would say like, I don't really think I need that, why would I need this? He might say, oh man, those sunglasses look amazing on you. Can't you just imagine sitting on a dock this summer, going on a trip, um, think of all the different ways that, he would start playing into their mind all of the different ways that those sunglasses might bring value to their life or how it looks so good on them or creating a mental picture of based, all of the good things. Based on what he knows about that person. Yeah. Though. Making it a very personal kind of pitch. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess he knew what he was doing for a very long time. He's really good at that, yeah. actually. He does sales courses and everything. The thing with sales is that it's a process. Whether you're selling yourself or you're selling something else that's independent from you, it's a process. So it takes patience and time. Um, let's talk about maybe the do's and don'ts of selling something professionally. Whether it's your personal brand, whether it's your service that you have to offer, a product that you've recently launched, but what are some of the do's of selling effectively? Okay, so we'll go back and forth. My very first rule number one, 100% is be the best listener in the room. Yep. Be the best listener in the room. If you talk less and listen more, then you'll understand the needs of that person better. And that will, number one, allow you to identify if they are in market and whether they are somebody that would be a good fit for whatever it is you are offering. And if they are, then you can understand their motivations and interests a little bit better by asking questions. And again, you can zero in on whether they are the right fit. And if they're not, then you don't need to continue with that. Meaning you don't force a square peg into a round hole. If somebody is not, I'm now getting into the don'ts. So we'll, okay, the save do's. that, yeah. save that. I would say knowing the market really, really well. Knowing the market really, really well and knowing its pitfalls as well as um, its strengths. Um, so knowing all the moving parts, doing your research, um, because then I think that makes it easier for you to suss out the right leads or the right people that you can talk to. Good one. And following up on that, another do I would say is do become an expert on anything that you are involved in mm -hmm. selling. People want to deal with experts and think of it just from the most fundamental level. Have you ever gone to like a, a Best Buy and you've dealt with somebody that like 
knows all of the products there inside and out. They yes. can tell you it. It's so, it's a good and enjoyable experience. And when you go to a place like that and you're dealing with somebody that doesn't know anything, it's frustrating. It's annoying because you're like, come on, man, help me out here. You want to deal with an expert. You want to deal with somebody that really knows what they're selling inside and out because it gives you peace of mind to know that you've made the right decision. Yes. So become an expert. Um, I was actually calling GoDaddy yesterday and I had called them two days ago, spoke to somebody who was great, but the guy, shout out to Curtis, the guy <laughs> I spoke to yesterday, oh my God, had multiple answers to every question that I had, um, gave me options I didn't even know existed. And for me, as a customer who doesn't know a lot about website development, SEOs, all that stuff, I obviously felt completely at ease having this super efficient conversation and literally having somebody I'd never met before give me advice that I felt I can 100% trust and not knowing them just because they were so confident in their voice um, and they were so quick to answer my questions. Um, oh, and at one point too, I forget what I asked him, but he's like, I'm not sure. Give me one sec. I will be mm. right back. I appreciate it when people admit they don't know something so is that your next do do i admit guess so when... yeah admit when you don't know something it's okay you it go builds and... trust it totally builds trust go out and find that answer that's a good one my next do is do be excited and passionate <laughs> about whatever it is that you are selling because people pick up on that if you really into what you're talking about yeah if you have excitement in your voice and you really believe in it then people will believe in it too and if i call you and oh um <laughs> got so excited are you i know I'm, now i'm doing the opposite so um you know we we do have this product and i know that it's probably something that I, you know, i've lost you it, i haven't even said anything yet but i've already lost you my tone sucks yeah you know it just it. ah the energy is no good but i'm like oh bridge this is something you need to come check out it's that true. is a different approach and a different reaction will be elicited from the person on the other end because People get excited by energy. Energy is either positive, negative, or neutral. You better bring positivity to sales. And that's actually what makes it tricky when people are dealt rejection. As soon as they are dealt rejection, I've heard people on the phone where the first call, they're super energetic, and then somebody says no, and then the next call, they're like, hey, um, I'm just wondering. And it's like, nope, you've yeah. already lost it. So do be energetic and positive. Um do it's really hard to add to these do's so do be is that how i'm phrasing it <laughs> do be aware <laughs> of how you or your service or your product can fill a gap i mean know what the problems are if i'm talking to you i want to know what problems you're having and how i can jump in to solve them do your research um the best way to ensure that you will have success is we talked about being an expert. We talked about um, understanding the market and being passionate and energetic. And this also comes down to the research that you do either on the person that you are dealing with or the company that you're dealing with or the marketplace in general and the other options that are available. So you know your position within that marketplace and what people might perceive as your strengths or weaknesses to be aware of that. So you know how to combat any objections that are likely to come your way because oftentimes people will challenge you and they'll say well what about this or well why would i go with you for that or um well why isn't it cheaper or things like this right people are going to challenge you on different things that they think 
might be better elsewhere and you got to be prepared to contend with that and you got to be prepared to back yourself up and to show some strength and resolve and to show that what you're offering is right for them and the only way to do that is if you know where you stand and if you know what's going on around you and you know the different options that are available so do your research so knowing your competitors too totally don't okay it's the opposite of the first one that i said don't just talk a lot of people when they get in a sales situation they're just talking the whole time and they're talking at people and it's the opposite of listening usually the best salesperson in the room is the best listener in the room so people that are just talking ooh, it doesn't work out very well and usually like i like to talk and sometimes people will say to me oh you're you know you're in sales because you're a talker and it's like actually no not at all um you're in sales because you're a good listener. If you're a good talker, you can talk yourself out of a sale. And I've seen many people do that. I've seen many people that are like right at the point where they're going to have the other person commit to whatever it is they're offering. And if they just shut up, it would happen. But instead, there's like a lull in the conversation for a moment. And they fill that air because ooh, they got awkward for a second or while that other person was... And now... They're taking the conversation in a bit. Oh, you had them. You had them. That person was probably just thinking. Yeah. And they they talk their way out of it. And they bring... Or you, you should be thinking about this too. And the conversation goes in a bit of a different direction and they lose it. So obviously communication and talking is a big part of conveying your message. But you got to know when to not talk. That's a really good one. Don't rush things. That's I good. would say, um, we talked about it earlier, but I think we're all just, we can be impatient from time to time. Uh, but with sales, you're selling yourself too. Uh, people need to get to know you. You need to build those relationships to actually gain that trust or to make a holistic impression on someone, um, and who you are, what you're trying to do or what you do do. Uh, so don't rush that process. Also with sales, I have encountered a lot of salespeople who make me feel like I'm just a number that I need to help them fulfill some kind of sales objective or quota by the end of the day or by the end of the week. And I feel that pressure and I hate that. That's when you're just turned off right off the bat and you're like, I don't even want to hear whatever else you have to say. I just know you want my money. Um, but the people who come at me, I think the right way are those who really take the time to get to know me and take the time to offer me solutions so they don't jump into any conversation or anything. They start slow. It's like a, it's, they're playing the long game. So that is the perfect... But, but urgency is important too, right? When it comes to sales. Yeah, Because I mean, people can lose interest if that conversation falls flat. But I just say, don't rush into it. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, that is a, I mean, urgency is a tactic that's used in marketing to get the sale because people will say like, buy now and da -da -da. like it's yeah. it's um, it works. It's something that works, but it, it's also a tactic. Um, but just playing off of what you were saying a moment ago, don't be transactional. You're saying like play the long game. Don't be transactional. Don't go into every conversation needing a sale in that moment if you do focus on building relationships and trying to offer value and solving problems then whether 
whether you get the desired outcome today, tomorrow, next week, next month, whatever, you will always be putting goodwill into the world and providing value to people which will build your reputation, which will generate referrals. Referral is the best way to generate sales. There's no better sales mechanism than referrals. People talking about you as an expert and saying, oh, you got to go and see Bridget because she's great at this. Or if you're going to run that campaign, go and talk to Bridget. She knows, you know, she could really help you out there. So if you're not transactional and if you focus on um, establishing relationships, establishing, establishing thought leadership and um, providing value to the world, then in the big picture, it's all going to come around and there's going to be a lot of momentum behind you. Agreed. Don't oversell and don't lowball. Ugh, I hate it when people do that with me. Overselling is done so often when you try to pitch something, all these questions come at you. You might not have the right answer or you don't think that you do. You panic and then you overpromise, and then you don't deliver. That's one of the worst things that can possibly happen because then you leave with a terrible impression. That relationship is probably not going to go any further than whatever you're currently working on, or it might actually turn into anything at all because you weren't being honest from the get-go. So don't overpromise what you can actually deliver and don't lowball. And I'm going to play off you again. You keep you're like serving them up for me. Um, so the next one I would say is don't sell something that you don't believe in. Yes. So if you truly believe in your product or service and you really believe that it can solve a problem for people and that it's valuable, or again, within the context of being a creator, if you truly believe in that brand and what they're doing or believe in the products or services that they offer and how you can provide value to that, then you're going to be in a really good position to work with them where you're going to get into trouble is if you're kind of like ah, one foot in one foot out sort of like I, I kind of like it it's not but people will pick up on your hesitancy mm -hmm. and people will pick up on your lack of confidence really really quick it's like an instant thing humans have an incredible ability to pick up on those kinds of um, cues of communication so it's one of those things where you can lose somebody literally in an instant just because they can sense that you're not fully behind what you're doing. Give me another one. Yeah, here's another one. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's okay. Like, people are gonna strike out in sales. That's the name of the game. The best salespeople hit at 30%. If you hit at 30%, you will crush it in sales. But that means that 70% of the time, the best people fail. 70% of the time, the best people fail. That means if you're an average person or if you're somebody that is developing their skills, you might be at 10% or 5% or 15% if you're lucky. So it is a game of failure, but that's okay. That's fine. Don't limit yourself to the number of people you speak to or connect with. Yeah. Be aggressive. Go and talk to people. Mix it up. Network. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to as many people and expand your network as you possibly can because... The more people you meet, the more opportunities will naturally arise. And again, not being transactional, not looking to make a sale in that moment. But again, the more people you meet, the more likelihood that there's going to be different opportunities that could be beneficial to both you and them. I also believe that uh, you shouldn't be a one-trick pony. Ooh, go on. So don't just hang your hat on one skill set, one offering. 
people want to come to you if you have many things to offer. Maybe not, like, I mean, within reason. Right. You know what I mean? It has to be streamlined in some way. So, for example, um, a friend of mine, not going to name any names, but a friend of mine has been a reporter for several years. Uh, but now she's being encouraged to wear the whole videographer label, which means she's not just reporting. Actually, our friend. Yeah, I just picked up on that. Yeah, no, I was just yeah, yeah. This. She's not just reporting, but she also has to shoot her own segments and edit them, all like as well as writing them, you know, interviewing all of it. I'm sure frustrating as it is to actually acquire all those skill sets like so quickly within a given timeline. It is really important, I think, in the grand scheme of things to have one more than one skill set, more than one offering so that uh, people can come to you and know that they're kind of covered on all fronts. That's good. You're teeing me up again. So now I'm going to come with don't stop learning. Don't stop <laughs> learning. Nice. It's true though, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I'm basically just stealing what you just said now that I say it out loud. But it's okay. if you if you maintain a sense of curiosity and a desire to continue learning, then your skills will keep sharpening. You'll keep yes. picking up on new things along the way, yeah. and you'll stay fresh in the marketplace. You'll stay relevant if you just sort of um, I don't know, don't evolve and remain stagnant. Then over time, you could find yourself kind of trailing people that are a little bit more ambitious. To end things off, who's one person that stands out in your mind that sells themselves or their product really, really well? Oh, there's a ton of different people. Give me one. Give me two. So I'll, th I'll think from like a personal branding perspective, I think two people that I look at, because I'm in, I like sports so much. I think Magic Johnson and LeBron James are incredible business people that have managed to turn basketball skills into empires. You know, Magic Johnson owns radio stations and real estate and all of these cinemas he owns like chunks of new or excuse me los angeles it's amazing you think lebron james right now he is still arguably in the prime of his nba career and meanwhile he's producing movies and tv shows and he's involved in all of these different businesses and he's set up his high school friends who are now running media agencies and they're running player agencies so these are people that have found ways to apply their skills and apply their experiences in all of these different areas of business and they've been hyper successful in all of that and I think that's super super impressive um, I think of people too like think of somebody like a Tony Robbins We've, I've mentioned him a couple times in the past but that guy he has a ton of different businesses he travels all over the world and thousands of people come together to listen to him and he came from absolutely nothing yeah the man slept in his car for years yeah the amount I, I feel like people just see him maybe as like a motivational speaker a coach but if you actually look into the amount of different businesses that he runs and the different things that he's involved in it's wild it's, an it's empire. actually crazy yeah yeah um gary v is another one that Ugh, i look I at for that gary just because v. he went from the wine shop to starting Vayner Media to investing in all these different brands and technology startups. All of them. Um, he started a sports agency where they managed social profiles of different athletes. So he's just he's one of the most consistent voices on the internet. Yeah. And every day. A lot of people are dogging him too, which is interesting. Like why? Oh, I think they get tired of his message or they think that uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a pretty abrasive guy too, right? Like he's super aggressive and it rubs some people the wrong way. And also there's some people that think that um, his hard luck 
immigrant story from Belarusia is um, sort of overplayed because they're like, well, your dad still had a you know million dollar liquor business before you took it over. That's not really that tough. But I, I just think that once you get to a certain level of success in life, that there will naturally be Critics. some haters, right? So I think You're, that's kind of what it is. Once you put yourself out there, you can always expect the haters. Yeah. Um, but I think that his story actually resonates with a lot of people with yeah, immigrant families or who are immigrant themselves and want that bright shining light to be, you know, a symbol of hope every single day while they try to grind it out and get to where he is. I think his message is very important. It's really inspiring. I hope he continues spreading it. And I love how aggressive and abrasive he is. I do. I've heard actually great things about him as a human. Yeah. But I don't know. That could be his persona on social media, whatever it is. But he's getting his message across to millions of people that follow him. And he's being true to himself, too. Exactly. So how about you? Who's someone or something that you look up to that way? Drew Barrymore. Wow. Drew Barrymore. Watching her on E.T. And by the way, you mean the movie, not like Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> yes. Just to be Steven clear. Spielberg's famous E.T. Yeah. Um, she had all the charm in the world as this little girl. Yeah, she did. And then you'd see her in interviews, and she was kind of the same. You're like, oh, wow. Who is this, you know, pint-sized adult yeah. <laughs> who's just yeah. killing the game? And then I had the pleasure of meeting her four years ago at TIFF and interviewing her, and she was exactly what I thought and hoped she'd be bubbly, relatable, funny, fun, all those things. And the so the impression I got of her when she was young, when I was young watching her, the same. It just mirrored what I saw four years ago. And then so I, I appreciate that transparency and that honesty in her character. But then I also appreciate the fact that she's really branched out of her career and made something of her interest in beauty and now home decor. So hmm. she, you know, so she started out as an actress. Um, she went through a lot of hardships in life, the, you know, the drug abuse and all that stuff, and she was really, really honest about it. And then she came out of it and then became, you know, this producer with her production company and then turned that production company into a beauty brand, and now she's in home decor. It's just the evolution is really cool to see. And, you know, some people would argue, oh, whatever, just like the whole Gary thing. Like, what does she have to be, you know, why would she have to be put on a pedestal um, for getting to where she is when she had probably all the help in the world? Yeah, that aside, though, just looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I just think like the evolution and the um, the honesty that that she's displayed and everything she does is something to be admired. That's cool. And it's always fun when you meet somebody that has, you know, a certain level of notoriety or celebrity mm. and they're what you hoped for or more. That's so nice. Well, hopefully we uh, were able to give some uh, insight into what it takes to sell yourself effectively and sell your product effectively. Yeah. And if people have legit questions about maybe they're looking for other tips or different things that we didn't discuss, then hopefully people can leave some comments behind and we'll be sure to answer those because I feel like sales is one of those things that people get maybe a bit nervous or apprehensive about. And um, once upon a time, I felt the same way. But it's definitely something to be overcome. And if you can become more comfortable with it, it's only going to serve you well in life. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, appreciate it. And we'll see you again next week.